10 great books on how to learn better. What are the best books to read to become a better learner? Aside from my book, of course. I get asked this question a lot, though most of my recent reading lists have been somewhat more academic and a little removed from immediate applications. So today I'd like to change that and share a list of some of my favorite approachable and actionable books on learning. Here are 10 I highly recommend. Number one, How to Become a Straight A Student by Cal Newport. Although famous for deep work, Cal's early books were aimed at students. That's how we met. Straight A is easily the best of Cal's student-oriented trilogy. Cal derived his content and strategies that he recommends from interviews with relaxed, high-achieving students. He offers concrete, practical advice for getting through college without burning out. Number two, A Mind for Numbers by Barbara Oakley. Barbara Oakley has a number of excellent books on learning. Her free course, Learning How to Learn, co-instructed with pioneering cognitive scientist Terence Zanowski, is an excellent resource. In A Mind for Numbers, Oakley shares how to tackle difficult quantitative subjects, even if you've struggled with math in the past. Oakley speaks from experience, having gone from a self-described language person to getting a PhD in engineering. Number three, How We Learn by Stanislaw Dane. This book is an engaging tour through the science of learning led by one of the world's leading cognitive neuroscientists. Dane elegantly links research on how we learn to the science of how the brain works. Number four, Why Don't Students Like School by Daniel Willingham. Daniel Willingham is one of my favorite educational psychologists who writes for a mass audience. This book argues for the importance of background knowledge, the crucial role attention plays in memory, and how cognition changes as we become more proficient. Number five, Make It Stick by Peter Brown, Henry Rodiger, and Mark McDaniel. Now, I confess I haven't read this book in its entirety, but I have few qualms recommending it because I've benefited greatly from Rodiger's academic work. Retrieval practice, spacing, interleaving, and other interventions improve learning, but, and this is key, we tend to be unaware of it. There is value in understanding and deploying these studying strategies precisely because they defy our intuitions. Number six, The Power of Explicit Teaching and Direct Instruction by Greg Ashman. I've shared John Sweller's cognitive load theory on this blog and the YouTube channel before. Greg Ashman is a disciple of Sweller's and he's written a powerful book explaining why cognitive load is central to how we learn. Now, although the primary audience for this book is teachers, I found it very interesting as a learner. While Ashman's advice that teachers should be fully and thoroughly teaching their subjects doesn't sound too surprising, it's an important message because of the alternative theories that it rejects. This book is a must read if you've ever struggled with teaching or learning. Number seven, Peak by Anders Ericsson and Robert Poole. Anders Ericsson's work is perhaps best known from Malcolm Gladwell's book Outliers or Jeffrey Coven's Talent is Overrated. Deliberate practice has become a buzzword in many circles, but this buzz has also created considerable misconceptions. In this book, Erickson works to set the record straight, arguing both for what deliberate practice is and what it isn't. Erickson argues that much of the prowess we see in elite performers is due to huge quantities of a specific kind of practice, rather than just talent alone. Number eight. How We Learn to Move by Robert Gray. Movement skills have been a gap in my own writing and talking about learning. Gray's book is a highly readable summary that highlights some of the interesting research on how we might learn motor skills better. 
Gray argues that a staple of training repetitive practice in highly constrained conditions to get the right movement is not only frequently unhelpful, it isn't even possible to train a perfectly repetitive movement. Gray argues against the orange training pylon approach to movement skills, instead saying that we can induce new movement patterns better by adjusting constraints that allow for dynamic skills. Number nine, how to take smart notes by Sanke Ahrens. Zettelkasten systems, which allow you to organize your notes for your studies, research, or creative work, are all the rage these days. I've interviewed Tiago Forche for his book, Building a Second Brain, which covers a similar topic. RN's book is a helpful guide to Zettelkasten as it's been a little bit more nitty gritty in the implementation details. If you want to know how to organize the things that you learn, this book is a great place to start. Number 10, Moonwalking with Einstein by Joshua Four. In this book, Joshua Four dives into the strange world of super memorizers. Using mnemonic systems, these people can memorize decks of cards, random digits, or entire poems perfectly in around the same time it takes you and I to read them. Four's mixture of psychological science and first-person experience was a major inspiration for how I wrote Ultra Learning. I tend to find mnemonics less helpful for studying than they're often hyped to be. From a practical perspective, I'd probably recommend Straight A or Make It Stick above this particular book. But for a well-written tale to get you inspired to learn better, few books do it better. Of course, you can also check out my book, Ultra Learning, for my own thoughts on the subject of how to learn better. Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating my show as it helps other people find out about it. More of my work can be found on my website at scotthyoung.com.